Morning, everybody. Anybody Mission Impossible fans? Anybody in the house? Anybody? Okay, few of you. Uh, you like one, two, three, four, five, six. Number seven comes out in July. What's your favorite one? All of them are your favorite. I didn't like the ones after three. I felt like they got a little bit too cutesy. But uh, thank you. That's, that's good. Uh, today we're calling the message Mission Possible. Because even though it seems impossible when you look at the world around us, you're going to find out actually it is possible. Now, my favorite is number three. It's because in number three, you've got that guy, what's his name? Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Hunt? Hunt, is that right? And he's running along the side of that building and he's got that whatever rope or whatever and he's running way out and he lands on this other building gets this thing called the rabbit's foot but in it they talk about the fact that they needed a fulcrum fulcrum you got to have a fulcrum and i thought what is this fulcrum thing so i actually looked it up what is a fulcrum you know what a fulcrum is a fulcrum is a pivot point that amplifies everything else and why i'm bringing that up today is because the sabbath yes of all things, the what is the Sabbath? Sabbath is a day off. Anybody like a day off? Anybody a fan of a day off? Anybody a fan? Okay, day off, day off school, day off work. The day off is the amplifier. Look at this. In the Bible, Sabbath is the amplifier of spiritual growth in our lives. Now, does that make a bit of sense? How in the world can me taking a day off be the amplifier of spiritual growth in my life? So today we're going to talk about this one. Talk about Sabbath. Sabbath is the center of all the biblical festivals and holidays and holy days in the Bible. Like the Sabbath is at the center of it all. You're going to see in a second that Jesus calls himself Mr. Sabbath. This is who he is. And what I want to focus on today is, particularly in this Sabbath experience here that we're going to read about in Luke chapter 6, is that what we're called to do on the Sabbath is to choose joy over judgment. Let's read Luke 6, 1 to 5. On a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields with his disciples, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees, right? The Sabbath security. Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? So Jesus answered, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him. How he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence. What in the world is that? The bread of the presence. Why can't we just call it bread? Why does it have to be the bread of the presence? Which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And also he gave it to to those who were with him. And he said to them, the son of man, that's Jesus, son of man. The son of man, Jesus, is Lord of the Sabbath. He is Mr. Sabbath. All right. What we find throughout Luke and the other, you know, three books about Jesus, we call them the Gospels, they're, they're the story of his life, so to speak, is that he's constantly having what we call Sabbath showdowns, like big fights over the Sabbath. And you have to ask yourself why. There's at least five of them, five of them in the Gospel of Luke alone. Why in the world do you have this constant controversy? I mean, it's a day off. How controversial can a day off be, man? I mean, what is going on? And you've got these guys, what I called a second ago, the religious leaders. They're like Sabbath security. And they're just watching, man, watching. Are you doing anything that's illegal to do on the Sabbath? You are, man. We're going we're gonna to come after you. We're going to get you. And how is it that the Sabbath is the amplifier for spiritual growth? Well, we're in this series called Just Jesus. 
Because all human beings, me included, tend to, over a period of time, we all have our own preferences, we have our own way that we see the world, we have our own things that we say, ah, that doesn't matter, I don't really care about this, and this is what really matters, and then we load all kinds of stuff on Jesus. So, what constantly happens, and this is what's happening in this passage, we load stuff on Jesus and we water Jesus down. So what we're trying to do in this series, we're trying to pull it all off and say, what matters the most? What is this really about? Why is the Sabbath the amplifier of spiritual growth? What is it? Let's clear everything away. Let's get pure Jesus. That's what we're going for. Pure Jesus, not watered down Jesus in this series. Okay, so Exodus 31. In Exodus 31, Moses is up on top of the mountain. Famous scene. Maybe you've seen the Ten Commandments. Maybe you've seen Charlton Heston. Maybe you've seen Christian Bale. Okay. Maybe you've seen Steven Spielberg, the Prince of Egypt. Okay. So Moses is up on top of the mountain. Presence of God is there. Whoosh. On top of the mountain. God gives them these two stone tablets. We call them the Ten Commandments. And he gives them now. He's already talked to them about the Sabbath. Now Moses is trucking down Mount Sinai. He's got these heavy tablets with him. And he's getting halfway down the mountain. And God says, whoa, time out, time out, Moses. I guess we'll tell you one last thing. I want to tell you about the Sabbath. And Moses says, God, you already told me about the Sabbath. You don't need to tell me anything else about the Sabbath. He says, no, no, I got something else to tell you about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is more important than anything else. Matter of fact, it says these words, it's above all else. Can you explain that to me? A day off is the most important thing in my life. Now, I might think it's really important because I love a day off. But is that like... Okay, the most important thing, a day off. He says, matter of fact, the Sabbath day is holy. It's a holy day. And then check this out. He said, it is going to be the sign that you are a person of God. Boom. That's it. So all you who aren't taking a day off, okay? Anybody out there, workaholic Washingtonians aren't taking a day off. You're not a person of God. How do we make sense of this? I mean, it's, it's incredible. It is the sign. Take it up. Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote this famous book simply called The Sabbath. This is what he says in it. The Sabbath is the most precious present mankind has received from the treasure house of God. That's it. The best present that you and I have ever received. It's above all else, God says. How about this one? The Sabbath is the fountainhead of eternity. Now, how is that? The fountainhead of eternity, how, how do we make sense of this? And why is it such a big deal to Jesus? A day off. The Sabbath is at the center of everything. And the question is why? Now, as I said at the beginning of this, we all, right, we want to experience. That's why we're here. Whether we're a church person, we're not a church person. Every single person, it seems, wants to experience the blessed life, the good life, or whatever you want to call it. We all want to experience that. And that, in the Bible, is spiritual growth or some other name that's given to it. We all want to experience that. And apparently, the Sabbath is the center of how you're going to experience exactly what you're looking for. So how do we experience this? And how do we like make that make sense in our brains? A day off? Excuse me. Now there's more. I'd like to read you another verse. Moses went up the mountain two times. Second time he comes to the mountain, God has something else to say about the Sabbath. Check this out. It actually, we have this a number of times. I'm just going to give you one of them. Make sense of this for me. Six days, God says, work shall be done. But on the seventh day, you're going to have a Sabbath of solemn rest, 
holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Now this, everybody, is where we need to have audience participation. Okay? We're all workaholic type A Washingtonians, right? And I'm going to raise my hand first, okay? But I'd like you to raise your hand. If you could keep your hands up. Anybody, we have a lot of people in the first service. We'll see how honest everybody is in this service. Has anybody worked seven days straight? Anybody, anybody? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep your hand up. The usher's going to come. <laughs> they're going to take you out back and they're going to do something to you because we believe in applying God's word. Applying God's word here at Grace Community Church. All right, how do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of something? We're going to put you to death. Now, we've talked about this before, but I just want to bring it up because it makes a good point right here. It makes a really good point. Uh, the least likely person to go to church in America. Does anybody remember the hypothetical name that's been given by researchers about the least likely person to go to church? Anybody remember his name? Who? <laughs> you said something, but you won't repeat it. Okay. All uh, right. The name is Drew. The hypothetical name is Drew. He's a young male living in a major urban center like Washington, D.C. Welcome to Washington, D.C., a city filled with Drews. What do we know about Drew? Drew is doing okay at work, but secretly and silently he's empty on the inside. And Drew, least likely to go to church in America, grew up in church. Grew up in church. Why did he leave and why is he never thinking about ever going back? Why did he leave and why is he never, ever, ever going to go back? You know why? Because the Bible doesn't make sense. That's what Drew says. The Bible doesn't make sense. Sabbath, we're going to put you to death. Sabbath, taking a day off, that's how you show it's a sign that you were a follower of God. The Sabbath. And and Drew says, hey, could you explain that to me? And either no explanation was given to him or an explanation was given to him that would seem inadequate. Now, for me, that's the same thing. I've struggled with this for years. Like it's obviously it's the central point of everything. And there's so many Sabbath showdowns in the Bible. Can you tell me why adequately? And I mean, for me growing up, it was like, well, the Sabbath is a day of rest. You shouldn't work. You go to church, you take it easy, but you should not be working on the Sabbath. And so you come together to church and you kind of look down a nice Christian way to anybody who is working. And then after church, you go out and you pay people to work on the Sabbath, Right. <laughs> Right? So it kind of doesn't make sense. So Sabbath day to me was always, it's a day off. It's a day off. It's a day if you rest. It's a day that you can't get any Christian chicken from Chick-fil-A because they're, they're, not, they're not working either. Right? But it seems kind of fun. Does there seem like, is there more to it than that? Is there something that maybe I am missing? I don't want to assume that you, I mean, maybe you've got the Sabbath all figured out, but for me, I don't have it figured out at all. Is there something that I am missing? So Drew says, hey man, the Bible doesn't make a bit of sense. And here's the thing. I want to say this. It's it is really easy to believe the Bible once you understand the Bible. We talk about, oh man, the Bible is so hard to believe. Oh no, 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 it's not. It's super easy to believe once you understand it, okay? But if I can't explain it to myself adequately, and I haven't been able to, or to Drew, if I can't explain it, it means I don't understand it. And according to Jesus, if I don't understand it, I'm not going to experience supernatural growth from it. Jesus talks about that in the parable of the soils. I believe it's Matthew 13. So I've got to understand it. I've got to understand it adequately. Why in the world is there going to be death if somebody doesn't understand the Sabbath? So uh, I'd like to take a look at this. I'd like to take a look at this from, from just a kind of beginner's level, a surface level. Then I'd like to go deeper to why Jesus is Mr. Sabbath. So first of all, a day off is good. You all should take a day off. It's going to improve your life. You're going to have a better life personally, professionally, relationally. It's going to be better. Studies show that if you'll take a day off of work, you'll get more dates. 
Yeah, serious. You'll get more dates. You'll have more fun and you'll get more done. So here's the thing. We think that if we work seven days a week or 60 or 70 or 80 hours a week, that, you know, somehow we're, our, you know, our ability to keep getting things done just kind of keeps riding up, but it doesn't. Studies show that when you hit about 50 hours worth of work, that you start to flatline on how productive you are. That's like six days worth of work. And for some reason, that seventh day just doesn't benefit you. So you're going to get more done. You're going to feel healthier. You're going to be better. You're just going to be all around better. You should take a day of rest. Everybody's going to thank you if you take a day of rest. Things are just going to be better if you take a day of rest. Now, here's the thing. It will improve your life, but it won't transform your life. And transformation, really, everybody, is what we're looking for. You should improve your life, so you should take a day off. But... I would like to improve my life, but I'd also like something a little more supernatural and see my life transformed. And that's where the Sabbath comes in. So let's go a level down and let's look at why Jesus is Mr. Sabbath. I want to read to you what he said. I emphasized it a minute ago when I read the passage. But here we go again. Uh, verses 3 and 4. Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and he took and ate the bread of the presence. Why the bread of the presence? Why can't it just be bread? Why do we have to call it the bread of the presence? Well, here's the reason why. This bread, 12 loaves of them, 12 loaves of bread were made fresh. They were put in the house of God where the presence of God is. That's why we call it bread of the presence. They sat out, okay, uncovered in the desert, no preservatives for seven days, okay? Have you ever ate something that didn't have all the preservatives that we pump into food, okay? I have a neighbor, his wife is a, she does a lot of baking. He takes all the stuff to the office. After two days, it's bad. All the employers are complaining. Why is it so bad? He's like, there's no preservatives in it. Okay, so no preservatives, no Tupperware, no plastic wrap, none of that just sitting out in the desert, out for seven full days. And then this is what we're told. At the end of seven days, the priest would eat it, and it was as fresh as if it came right out of the oven. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. This is the bread that David's talking about. Jesus is talking about the David, David ate, the bread of the presence. Now, it's either a miracle or it could also be time is standing still. Let's look at another instance. Moses, okay, the famous scene goes up on top of the mountain, Mount Sinai. God's presence is there. God is speaking to Moses. Now, I always had known that Moses didn't eat any food for 40 days, okay? I've always known that. That's quite a feat. You can do that. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you can do it. You can do it. I've known somebody that has done it. You feel like you're going to die, but you can actually make it. But what I missed is he didn't drink any water for 40 days. Now, that's a, that's a bigger trick, everybody. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I, I heard it's only three days you can make it without water, and then it's, and then it's over. Okay? So it's a miracle. It's either a miracle or time is standing still. Let me give you another one. Genesis chapter 2, the first time we're introduced to this thing called the Sabbath. Genesis chapter 2. The seventh day, the Sabbath day is the only day that is blessed. It's the only day that is holy and it's the only day that never ends. Check it out. Genesis chapter 2. There's no evening. There's no morning. It never ends. We're in the Sabbath right now. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped at all. Why is anything holy? Something is holy because God is there. So we call things holy. Moses meets God at the burning bush. Hey, take off your sandals because this is holy ground. Why? Because God is there. So God is in the Sabbath. God's not in day one. Day one's not blessed. Day one's not holy, right? Day one has an ending to it. So does day two, three, four, five, and six. But we're told that God creates everything on the seventh day. Ooh, 
That's strange. Maybe we'll get to that next week. And it's the day where God is. God is located in the seventh day. Now, here's what's interesting. Because this day that never ends is standing still. Time is standing still. Why would time be standing still? This seemed awful strange. Well, I'd like us to do an experiment here together. I'm going to put something up on the board. There's going to be a blank spot in it. I'd like to see if we can all fill in the blank with a word. One word, all of ourselves. Have you ever said this or heard it said? I wish this moment would last forever, forever. I hope that you've said that before. Because people say that when they're at a place like it's just pure joy. You're with the people that you love. Um, You're at a place that you love. And it's just pure joy. And you say, oh man, I just wish this moment would last. I wish time would stop. I wish it would stand still. And it's so connected to joy and the moment and the people that you're with. I wish this moment lasts forever. A bunch of years ago, my kids, it was a perfect age, right? My daughter was five. My son was about 10 years old. We took our first trip to Smith Mountain Lake. Anybody been to Smith Mountain Lake before? I had never been there before. I'd never, I was like, oh my gosh, I lived in Virginia my whole life. I've never been there before. It was, it was like heaven. It was like heaven on earth. And we stayed there. It was in August. It was like nobody there. There was this huge cove, right? And our, our, the house that we rented was right on the lake. Like every morning, the kids and I, I think it was the first time we ever took a two-week vacation. We're down there and we would just run out every morning to this dock and just dive right into the water. And it was beautiful. It was great water. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was just perfect. And then we rented a ski boat. We would skiing, skiing all, all day long. My little daughter had these little goggles on, right? And I remember she would just cross down like this. She had these little skis that had this rope between the two so they couldn't go out like this. Mm, she just hanging on. We have these videos. It's just so awesome. And I just look there and I say, man, if I could just freeze this moment. I wish this moment could last forever. Second week down there, my mother-in-law showed up to spend a week with us. And I was so in heaven. I was so in heaven, everybody, that even my mother-in-law, this is what I'm telling you. Even my mother-in-law could not diminish my joy. My joy was so intense. I wish this moment would last forever. And everybody listen. In Genesis chapter 2, for the very first time, we're introduced to the unique name of God. Very first time. Okay, we've talked about this before, but this is the very first time. The unique name of God. It's called Yahweh. And where Yahweh is, the name of God represents the attributes of God. It represents who God is. God is a God of joy. God is a God of love and compassion and mercy. We know about this. So in other words, to step into the Sabbath is to step into the very attributes of God. It is to reflect Jesus Christ. This is some of the things the Bible says about Jesus. We're told that Jesus Christ is full of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is full of joy. We're told this. Jesus says, ask anything in my name. And then if you ask something in his name, what is, again, his name means to actually cling to, to honor, to lift up above everything else, the attributes of God. Love, joy, peace, patience. All those wonderful things that his name represents. And he said, if you do that, your joy is going to be complete. Jesus says in John 15, abide in my joy, right? Abide in my name and you'll be abiding in joy. You'll be filled with joy. We are told this about Jesus in Hebrews. The cross, as bad as it was, as terrible that was, he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Like nothing could diminish Jesus' joy. That's why he's Mr. Sabbath, because the Sabbath represents joy. There's a number of short things, a short list of things the Sabbath represents, but one of them clearly is that it represents joy. Now, I'd like to say this. The Sabbath is this. It's very important. The Sabbath is who God is, and it's where God is. It's who God is. The Sabbath... We're introduced to God's name. 
It's who God is. It's the attributes. So when you choose to keep the Sabbath, what you're choosing actually is to choose joy over judgment. Traditionally on the Sabbath, when people would keep the Sabbath throughout history and biblical history, it was a day they said, don't do anything to dampen your joy. Don't do, don't, no, on the Sabbath day, you don't make petitions. All you do is bring praises to God. Like before the Sabbath starts, you should reconcile with anybody you possibly can reconcile with if they're willing to reconcile with you. It's not a day to dampen joy. It's not a day to be like consumed with the worries of life. It's a day just to choose to reflect Jesus Christ. And for today, Jesus Christ means this. We are going to choose joy over judgment. On the Sabbath day, you take like a really big wrench and you throw it into the spokes of all that stuff that grinds us up throughout the week. Now, everybody, we are strongly inclined, predisposed to being critical and judgmental. We just are. We know this. We know this. The Bible tells us this. But recently, science has showed us this. We are predisposed to being judgmental and to being critical. We latch on to criticism. Somebody gives you a criticism. Somebody gives you a compliment and you fixate on the criticism. We are drawn to headlines that are negative. If it bleeds, it leads. This is, this is what we are. This is who we are. This is the reality. And so this is why this is called mission possible. Because actually we can swim upstream. And we can choose joy. And we can choose gratitude over top of judgment. It's hard. It's hard, but we have to. Every healthy relationship, everybody. Every, I, I've heard ratios, all kinds of stuff. But the minimum ratio I've seen is this. In order for a relationship to be healthy, you have to have a ratio of at least five compliments. At least five joy. Like joy, things that you say. Gratitude. At least five to one criticism. That's the bare minimum. That's the bare, bare, bare minimum. Because you're going to lock on. You're going to fixate. And what's happened? Remember we said earlier, Exodus 35, and it says it more than once in the Bible. Like... Put to death, put to death the person who does not keep the Sabbath. I'm like, man, that doesn't make a bit of sense. Now, we'll talk about more uh, next week because we have another Sabbath showdown in Luke chapter 6 next week. So we'll get into it. But I finally have seen something after all of these years. Like, oh my gosh, how did I miss it all these years? And now it's changed everything I I think and see about, about the Sabbath. But just to say this for now, if you are a person who is constantly critical and judgmental. Is it not true that your life dries up? If you're a person who is constantly critical and judgmental, isn't it true that all the relationships around you begin to dry up? Yes, it's true. Because here's what all the study after study after study after study after study after study shows us, is that your life and my life runs better on joy. Like you're better at work, you're better at life, you're better at relationships, you're better at everything when you're running your life on joy. He is Mr. Sabbath. Now, it's a choice that we have to make. We have to make this choice. There's a rug up here on this uh, stage, and the AVL team back there told me this. They said, hey, look, John, you go anywhere you want on the stage. Help yourself, man. Go anywhere you want. But when you step off of the rug, there's nothing in front of the camera. So when people watch this on YouTube, they're going to be looking at a blank stage, and that's not going to make a bit of sense. Do whatever you want, but you have to choose, John, to stay on the rug, okay? So that's what I have to do. I stay on the rug. I mentioned Moses a minute ago. I want you to think about this. This is fascinating. He went up the mountain the first time. God gives him the, 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 the tablets with the Ten Commandments on. He comes down, right? And he breaks them because he gets so mad. And so he goes up a second time. 
When he comes down the second time, his face is all shiny. And scholars say that's because he had intense joy from the very presence of God. Intense joy. Now, why was his face not shining the first time? Why did he not have intense joy the first time? Why did he only have intense joy the second time? You know why? It's only one big difference, everybody. Because the second time up on that mountain, God says to Moses, I gave you the tablets the first time. Now you are going to participate. You're not just going to hear the truth. You're going to act on the truth. You're going to partic- I need you to cut out the tablets. I've never cut stone tablets out, but I bet that takes a lot of energy. We all have to participate, right? The reason we will be filled with joy is if we decide to choose joy. We can ask God to fill us with joy all day long, but until we decide that we are going to choose it ourselves, we can hear the words of God all day long, but until we decide to act upon it, Jeremiah says, when I consumed your word, I was filled with joy. Now, I want to skip to something at the end here. I want to show you a picture of this guy. This guy's the coolest person in the world. At least some people say, who is that guy? Right, Bono. Anybody think he's cool? Okay, I guess he's falling off. Okay, he's falling off. Now, I, I want to tell you, I'm going to give you a quote. I'm going to give you a quote, everybody. This is so important. Such a good quote. I'll give you a quote from his book, okay? He didn't, um, he di- he, he didn't start the quote. Like, he didn't come up with it, but he made the quote famous. It's, it's, it's in his book. Check it out. This is what it says. Stop asking God to bless what you're doing. Find out what God's doing. It's already blessed. Some of us think, everybody, we think, oh my gosh, God, fill me with your joy. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your joy. Okay? You're never going to be filled with joy. Forget it. It's not happening. Not until you become like Moses and you start participating. You start choosing joy over judgment. It's hard because we're so inclined to judgment and criticism. But when we start doing it, what we're doing is when we choose joy over judgment, we are stepping into the Sabbath. We're stepping into his joy. This is how we participate. This is why the Sabbath is so important. Because what the Sabbath really stands for, everybody, is the actual characteristics, the attributes of Almighty God. And for today, that's joy. And when you and I choose joy over judgment, our lives are transformed. We experience spiritual amplification. That's why it's the center of absolutely everything. Now, I'd like us to have a vision from God here at the end. Visions are really important in the Bible. But I'd like all of us to experience a vision from God. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you, in just a moment, to close your eyes and to see something. All this week on the Grace app, it's called the Daily. We're going to be talking about this. Meditation in the Bible is really important. You know, it'll shape your day, what you do at the start of your day. And what I'd like you to see here is I'd like to see yourself for the rest of the day choosing joy, not judgment. In situations where you might be tempted to be critical or roll your eyes, get frustrated, instead, choose joy. See yourself choosing it. Because if you begin, a vision is like a movie inside of your brain where the word of God is playing out through your life. You like truly begin to reflect Jesus. That's the visual that we want to see. And we want to start our day all, all this week, all this week coming up with seeing ourselves. Because the Bible says when you choose joy, you get stronger. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You see yourself getting stronger as you choose joy. The Bible says when you choose joy, it actually heals you. Can you imagine that? I want you to see yourself being healed. When you choose joy, you, you're stepping into the very presence of God. Choose joy. So can you close your eyes with me and can you just try to see yourself for the rest of the day 
in situations where maybe you're like flip a coin. I might say something judgmental or critical, or I might say something with gratitude or happiness or joy or without condescension. Can you see yourself choosing the joy side instead of the judgment side? Can you just visualize yourself reflecting Jesus Christ and how Christ would act? Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your word. It's powerful, powerful, so powerful. Our lives run better on joy. Help us all to choose you, Jesus, your ways, your ways, all this week in Christ's holy name. Amen. Grace, we're going to sing one last song. So we'd love if you'd stand with us. And this song is called Build My Life. John just talked about choosing joy above all else. And this song talks about building our life on that foundation, building our life on joy, building our life on who God is. So we'd love if you'd sing with us.
this week, we want you to build your life on joy, on Jesus and who he is. Can we be more joyful than judgmental? We know that setting our focus on him changes everything. And so I'm going to remind you one last time, connect with us for the prayer summit this weekend. Taking this time to focus on him will transform everything. So take this with you on your way out. Sign up. If this is your first time, I would love to meet you. A thing we call Grace of Five. Just an opportunity to share a little bit more about who we are. It's going to happen over here to your left at the end of service. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you next Sunday as we continue in our series, Just Jesus. Have a great day.